Kia ora Tafano and welcome to Coffee Time Theology. Yeah. I'm Stu. And I'm Grace. And we're your hosts. Welcome back to our second episode of the season. It's good to have you back. We hope you enjoyed last week. Enjoy, do you enjoy podcasts? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't, then why are you listening to them? Well, I guess you do some things you don't enjoy because, you know, you get something out of them. I hope that people enjoy our podcast. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Welcome back. If you haven't already found us on Instagram, you should look up Coffee Time Theology. This is the obligatory like, share, and subscribe. The thing that internet people do on the internet things. So, yes. Yes. We like, are voices on the internet. Like, please, share, and please subscribe. like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Instagram page there so that you can interact directly with us and so that you can tell us if you have any questions or comments that you'd like to share. If you have any topics for podcasts that you'd like us to get into, send us a message on Instagram and we will get back to you and add it to our list. Yeah. Today's topic is something that was sent in by a listener and it's it's quite a big one so we'll see how much of it we get through but the question was can you tell us about the priesthood of all believers what is that and how does it work and is it the same as leadership so pretty big question let's give that a go so Stu mm -hmm. what what is the priesthood of all believers I think that was my question it was but I got there first so Grace what is the priesthood of all believers we, we just said that it's a really big thing. <laughs> I, guess, I guess there's a couple of things, context to start with, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So the concept of a priest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're talking the biblical Christian understanding of priesthood, so we'll start there. Uh-huh. In Levitical law, there were the people who were set aside to be priests. The Levites. The Levites. And they were called by God and went through this whole process, becoming clean and holy, you know, like go through a cleansing thing to be able to be priests. Mm -hmm. And their job was essentially the administration of the spiritual law. If you're familiar with Leviticus, you'll know that there's a whole heap of rituals, sacrifices, and parts of the law, which essentially are given by God for how to make right, which was broken. Mm -hmm. Yep. So if we look at Leviticus as a list of laws of reconciliation and rest yeah. restitution. restitution. And so the priest's job in that was to help people figure out what applied mm -hmm. and to lead the rights of forgiveness, of sacrifice, to leave, lead the outworkings of those laws. What I have written down is the administration of forgiveness mm -hmm. is kind of yeah. the role of the priesthood. God says, if you've done this, do this and you'll be right with God again. You know, the book of Leviticus, the laws are a gift. Or if I am, if I have wronged someone, if I have wronged God, knowing that people would wrong God or break God's rules, everything is given in a way to... To make things right again. Yeah. So the law is there recognizing that people hurt each other and do the wrong things. And also that we understand that it is wrong to do so. And when we've hurt each other or broken the law, or done things wrong, we will feel guilt and shame about that. So the role of the priest mm. in the Levitical law is to administer the law. They're not policemen, but in terms of the administration of forgiveness, there are different sacrifices in the law for different problems. 
If you're unclean, you do this. If you've killed your neighbor's goat, you do this. Yada, yada, yada. And the priest's job is to help people navigate that law and to advise, not advise, to administer those actual rights so people can know that they're following the law correctly. And so that people can understand on a day-to-day basis that they are forgiven and that they can come before God with a clean slate. And so part of that was the priest's job was not quite an intermediary, but almost an intermediary, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, This idea that, oh, actually I have to offer this to God. How do I do that? Oh, the priest can do it on my behalf. Mm -hmm. A priest might go into the presence of God on my behalf to take my offering, for example. Yeah. And so that was the role of, of the priest, of the Levitical priests in Israelite society. And through the Old Testament. And through the Old Testament, all the way up to... This guy named Jesus. And those priests are there in the temple administering those rites when Jesus goes to the temple and interacts with them. So that's kind of the role of the priest pre-Jesus. And then... And then Jesus happened and the the Easter story happened. And the whole overhaul and fulfillment of the Levitical law, you know, the, the rites that were followed were no longer needed because Jesus, as the high priest, became the intermediary. Mm-hmm. The things that we used to have to do to access God, Jesus dealt with. There's a common phrase in our songs, in our worship, that Jesus is the Lamb of God or the Lamb that was slain. And that's a reference to the, the old sacrificial law that was fulfilled by the priests in the temple. And then Jesus as the final high priest, also then being the final sacrificial lamb. So Jesus redefined the priesthood because Essentially, what was needed was no longer needed. And that's why we talk about the old covenant versus the new covenant. And that opens the door to this idea of the priesthood of all believers, Mm. right? So you've got the Levitical priests, the historical Levitical priests who were the intermediaries and helped people access God. They helped fulfill all of the rituals and all of the rites required Mm -hmm. for connecting with God, for being clean. And then Jesus comes, overhauls the whole system. Mm-hmm. Flips saying, hey, the tables. You can come straight to God through me. Yeah, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? You no uh-huh. longer have. You no longer need priest to connect you. You no longer need a priest to offer something on your behalf. I've dealt with all of that. You can just come straight to God. You no longer need to annually offer a sacrifice to know you are forgiven. You are forgiven. The sacrifice has been done. And so then, now and forever. Yeah. And so from there, it opens up a different understanding of a priesthood. Mm-hmm. We all have access to God. Yeah. The priests who used to hold the administration of forgiveness, if you will, the administration of salvation, mm-hmm. no longer do. Jesus has dealt with that. And so now the priesthood of all believers is a concept that we all have access to God. We no longer need to go through a third party to speak with God or for God to speak with us. We all have direct access to God, to Jesus. To God's forgiveness and love. And so that role of the priesthood that was needed pre-Jesus is gone, that particular role. Mm -hmm. Or you could say that role is given to all of us. Each of us has the ability to access Jesus, access God. Each of us has the ability to administer our own forgiveness. That becomes between us and God. You don't need the third party. Yeah. And if we wish to make sacrifices of our time or of our talents or abilities, we can offer those directly before God. We don't need to take them somewhere else. So this comes into the idea now, if that's what the priesthood was, right? Mm -hmm. If that's what the point of priests was, where does the intersection with leadership? Yeah. Uh, Because the priests held the administration, uh, but the priests also held a role as leaders within society, but not 
they weren't the leaders of Israel. Yeah. They were leaders, but not the leaders. You know, from the point where the people cried out for leadership, God gave them kings. And before that, there were judges. And before that, there were judges. And and the prophets held direction and guidance. Direction and guidance yeah. and part of the role of leadership. Yeah. And so when we think priesthood, you know, we, we might actually connect the idea of like a pastor mm-hmm. to a priest, which isn't true in this sense and what we're talking about, or it is only true in the way that we're all priests. You know, yeah. everyone who knows God is a priest of God um, from this idea of access. It's not a one-to-one swap out for a priest from the Old Testament to a pastor or a church leader in the modern day. Or just any form of spiritual, something we might consider to have spiritual authority. Because it's yeah. an interesting interesting concept because we all have access to God. Yeah. So we move into this this other space of like, so what's the role of leadership within a church? Mm. And how does that interact? And I think the very first thing is all forms of leadership within a church are equal in terms of value. Right? In terms of place within the kingdom of God, it's not a hierarchy. Yeah. All of our different types of ways we might view leadership, even if they're hierarchical in a organizational or structural thing, all on the same playing field with God, all have direct access to God. Yeah. So it, it becomes this idea of recognizing that someone might have a specific word, but they're not more They're not any closer to God. There aren't less barriers in between them and God as any other person. So there's a tension in that. Like the question that comes again is like, so what is the role of leadership in a church? Yeah. What is the role of spiritual leadership? And how is it separate from this idea of priesthood? Yeah. What comes to mind, I think, is Paul in Corinthians, mm-hmm. you know, talking about the different gifts that are given. So context of spiritual gifts. Yeah. Talks about the different functions, the different ministries kind of serve the same God. Same purpose, but different ministries within them. And in that, there is leadership roles. He speaks still of things like prophecy being a function that a person might be gifted at and equally as important as the other things, the support and prayer and hospitality that other people might be gifted at. Rather than the priesthood being the person who is administering uh, access to God, now we have a community of people who need some kind of structure and organization and a distribution of gifts to be able to collectively function. Because I think one of the things that we we step into in this space is essentially recognizing when leadership is needed, what leadership is, and when leadership isn't needed. Because post this idea of the, the Reformation, where people might not have access to the Bible, people might not have access to spiritual knowledge, and so there was a structural creation almost of, of something like the priesthood again. Yeah. That wasn't a spiritual thing. It wasn't something given by God. It was the outworking of something and how we were trying to figure it out as people. Yeah. And in the modern age, we all have access to the Bible. We all have access to the word of God and we can all pray and access the spirit of God, right? We can connect yeah. and access the spirit of God. Sounds weird. Connect with and have relationship with God direct. So leadership holds a very different purpose purpose, yeah. than it has in the past within a church context. Now it's sort of a functional role. Yeah. It's a, for a community of believers, there need to be people who are setting the kaupapa of the community and collectively giving direction and goals and helping other people to understand their gifts and teaching. Because this is this is where we where we start reaching a modern tension with Christians with 
society as a whole being like, what do I need leadership for? Mm. I don't actually need anyone with this particular role. I don't need to call it this. I don't need to recognize. I don't need to be part of a, a structural organization where someone has authority over me. Because as we wrestle with this idea of priesthood, we're like, well, we don't need that anymore. Yeah. We don't need anything. And the idea that someone holds authority over you is actually quite um, constricting. It feels almost in opposition of some of the idea of freedom in Christ. Yeah. And so there's this tension that sits there. And I think actually one of the things that's quite a helpful thing to consider is this idea of um, organizational power versus social power. Now I say power, power is a loaded term. You could say authority, leadership Yeah. in Game of Thrones. Okay, yep. Tywin Lannister, you have no idea, you've never watched it. Uh, He makes this comment in a thing saying, anyone who has to say, I am the king is no king or something Mm. along those lines. Like the person who has to yell, hey, I'm the leader here, so do what I say, doesn't really hold any authority. Mm -hmm. The leadership is somewhere else. Might hold institutional authority, but that doesn't mean that the people actually look to them for leadership. And I think that's an interesting thought when we talk about the need for leadership. Because people will follow strong leaders and some people will look for guidance, advice, and they might never call it leadership. Yeah. But those are the things that we mean by leadership. So we can think about like workplaces. Yep. And how almost every workplace organization I have come across has these fun things called organizational charts. Love a good org chart. Good org chart. Yep. (laughs) And they show... You know, who manages who and who has the institutional authority and who should these people be going to to ask questions of and who has the power to make decisions. But there's been some research done a long time ago now about the difference between an org chart from an organisational authority point of view and between a social capital point of view. If you look at who do people actually go to. Who are the people of influence in the room rather than who has the title. Yeah, who actually gets stuff done. And this idea of leadership, yes, it's a role and a function, but it's also something that people look for and some people naturally carry. Mm. And I wonder in some of the spaces where we claim not to need leadership or where we go, actually, we don't need this. It's because there are people within that space who are showing leadership Mm. without necessarily institutional recognition yeah so Mm. we have a problem with the institutional or the imposed leadership as opposed to the natural natural leadership organic we've seen lots of stuff recently actually kind of catalyst of the pandemic around good and bad management and we've seen all sorts of things and stuff over the years around leadership and bad leadership and leadership good management bad and all these kind of different ideas like oh micromanagement But what we've learned in the last few years is that someone who holds the title of manager, who's a good leader and manages well, has made a massive difference in people's lives. Yeah, there's that saying that people don't leave, they don't leave jobs, they leave managers. Yeah, they leave bosses, right? Yeah. They leave bad leaders Mm -hmm. or they leave leaders that aren't leading. Yeah. And I think there's a acknowledgement that good leadership is good. Yeah. And bad leadership is bad. And a desire in that space, shockingly, right? There's a desire in that space not to not have leadership, mm-hmm. but there's a desire for good leadership and direction. Yeah. And that's an interesting tension. Yeah. When we put it in a church context, what does that mean in terms of church leaders? There's a thing that we've been reading about church planting around when you don't have a shared community. When you're starting something off, people will come and they might follow the individual leaders rather than being sold to the idea. Yeah. When you first find a church community, one of the first things you'll notice is who the leader is, 
not for any other reason than it's what you look up. You're like, hey, who runs this place? What do they do? What do they believe? What are their values? And then secondary to that is almost what's the community like? Mm. Not because it's less important, but because... The leader shapes the community. The leader shapes the community, which is an interesting tension in a community space we believe we're all equal. Yeah. Because it's, it's about function, not value. But too often it's easy to give value to the thing that gives structure. Yeah. It's not that the pastor or the leader is more important than the congregation. People wouldn't believe that. No. But our structures that sit around it might give us that idea. And we might start to, or we do start to value certain things above others. And it happens all the time when we have to make a decision. We can only afford one of these things, A or B, which is it going to be? We as a society like to place value on things and what we place. The whole idea of capitalism, right? Right. Yeah. And what we place value in leaks its way into the church. And so our churches are shaped and our church leadership is shaped by what our culture values. Tension always comes around value. Yeah. And I think the idea of the priesthood of all believers is something that we need to keep ourselves firmly rooted in mm. when we look at leaders in the church. We need to get firmly rooted in it because no one has a greater connection to God than any other believer. Yeah. The idea of the priesthood of all believers is we all carry spiritual authority. Which is hard sometimes to wrap your head around. When you might come to church in a space of, I need somebody else to tell me that I'm forgiven. And mm. I, I need authority to be able to believe that. Learning to be a part of the priesthood of all believers can actually be really hard in a society that is telling us that we need permission to be who we are from wider society or from authority figures. So, you know, is it is it okay to know in yourself that you are forgiven? Or do we still look for that permission to live that from somebody else? Do we still put people in those priesthood positions where we are asking them to tell us every week that we are forgiven so that we can believe it for ourselves? And this is where that tension comes back, right? Mm -hmm. There's a function role there. There's a function role of the leadership of the prophets. Yeah. And can we say, hey, no, no, this is, what, this is what the law said. Hey, this is what we said. This is what we need to be called back to. That's essentially what we look for in spiritual leaders now, mm -hmm. that role of of the prophet, the role of the leader is sometimes to remind people what they already know yeah. and what normally they might be able to access, but right now they can't see. Mm -hmm. There might be a barrier there. It's not that they're a priest holding the power to forgive people. Yeah. It's that they are someone who can be counted on to remember that everybody is forgiven and to remind you every week, should you need that reminder, that you are forgiven and you hold the power in yourself to come before God. It's a really, really big topic, and I'm not sure if we've actually done it justice. You can let us know, because we can talk about it again, probably. Yeah, that whole idea of leadership being separate from the priesthood, mm. I think is the really big one. Yeah. I think that we might do ourselves a disservice to the gifts that God has given us mm. by embracing the concept of the priesthood of, the, of all believers and trying to put aside the fact that God has given people different gifts and different functions. But we need to always come back to the idea of, of we all have access to God in that. Yeah. No one actually gets to claim that they have more access to God than you. No one gets to claim that they're holier than you. No. It's between them and God. It's between you and God. And that understanding that the leadership function is separate to who you are in God, to the value that God may put on you, is critical. Mm. And that every member of the kingdom of God, every church member is equally important. And a part of this priesthood. Yeah. Even if you're a person who creeps into church and sits in the back row and doesn't have the courage to talk to anybody or ever pray out loud, you are as much a priest as the person standing up there giving the sermon. You might have a different role. 
you might have a different role for a season. You might have a different role forever. Value-wise, you're you're worth just as much as everyone else in that church. So there's some thoughts on a really complicated topic. We hope that there's been something in there that might be helpful to you and that as you go about your week, you might have a think about who you look to for functional leadership and who you look to for spiritual leadership and how maybe you can get a little bit more comfortable with the idea that you yourself are a priest. You yourself can administer your own forgiveness through Jesus. So until next time. Take a deep breath. Know that you are loved. Drink some more water. And have a great day. Bye. Does it have a timer? No. Yes, it does. Nope, it's just recording. Did you mean, does it have a count-in? I did. It doesn't have a count-in, but it does have a timer. <laughs> I see that time. Capybara. Capybara. <laughs> capybara, 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 capybara. Capybara. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just <laughs> getting something on the canvas so it's not a blank canvas anymore because blank canvases are scary, but things that have stuff on them are less scary. <laughs> uh. Uh, yep. It's a life lesson in that. Just start. What's the worst that can happen? No, wait. Um, <laughs> backtrack, backtrack. Nazis. <laughs>